Hello everybody, welcome to season two of Sink or Be Sunk. This is our first episode for the new season and we have with us an amazing guest. Um, a lot of you know her, some of you may not may not know her, but uh, she mainly does Twitch. She's been doing a lot of YouTube videos recently and I've been, I like the new, new YouTube format she's doing. And her name is Femininely. Hello. Good morning. Um, with me today is Doomlock. Hello. And as you guys know, I am Helicopter Rescue. We have a lot of things to talk about uh, this episode. I mean, a lot of... There's been new ships cruiser split um cv rework happening sometime this year and <laughs> year of the cv 2017 <laughs> and we also have april full stuff so just to kick off uh as you guys know or if you guys been playing or if you haven't played check it out space battles uh very cool uh, looks interesting. Space camos look amazing. Um, have you guys taken a look at some of the ones? Uh, what do you, do you guys like any? Did you get any? I haven't had a chance to really play them yet, though mm. a lot of the designs are really nice. Having been a part of the original event back in 2015, um, it's quite nostalgic to have it back after so long. Yeah. All the design really cool. I personally have little to no interest in space battles, so I haven't even looked at it. I, I, the, the cameras just don't appeal to me. I'm, I'm not a sci-fi person. I think they're just kind of gimmicky. In saying that, I was the sort of person who didn't like the Halloween camos they did last year either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of those to each their own things. Some, a lot of people will enjoy the looks, some won't, you know. But. I will give Wargaming props for releasing something that is different and, you know, spicing spicing up life for those who want it. So good on them for that. I'll just stick with my vanilla ice cream, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm the type of person who is, I guess I'd say indifferent. I mean, I'm not raving about it or anything. But at the same time, it's not like I, I'm, you know, hating it or I'm going on the forums or Reddit or anything like that saying, Wargaming shouldn't do this, et cetera, et cetera. Like Doom was saying, you know, to each their own. Uh, I got the Zhao camo and I'm probably going to get the Moskva camo. It looks pretty nice, not going to lie. So I'll probably get one or, one or two of them myself as well. They're all real nice designs and everything. But the game mode itself, for me, it's a little disorienting because of like the 3D aspect of it and the transparent <laughs> water. Oh, yeah. I played it on the PTS server. I played all the all ship types, CV and everything. I got to say, it's annoying when you're a CV player in the game mode and there's like six galaxies, which are pretty much like Des Moines. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Gotta love yourself some Des Moines. They're my favorite ship in the entire world. Yes. <laughs> well, um, on that note, I got to say, Femme, congratulations on the 10,000 followers milestone on Thank Twitch. You. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty big. I'm kind of a big deal now. <laughs> Yeah, just just a big deal. Just a big deal. Only just now becoming one, right? Just now becoming a big deal. You know? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't previously. 
<laughs> um, some of you guys may know or may not know this, but uh, Fem uh, recently came back. Well, not recently. It's been a couple of weeks now. Uh, she went to Russia to visit Wargaming HQ. Yes, in December time, between December and New Year's. I remember re reading slash hearing about that quite a bit. St. Petersburg, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely city. And I mean, it's one of a, it's on my list to visit for sure. Um, just before we get into some of the war game and stuff, have you, like, how, how much time have you had to explore the city? Like, have you visited, like, any monuments or et cetera? So when I was there, I was there for about 10 days. I was only officially there for about three of them. The rest of it was, I was there on my own time. So I actually did a lot of walking around the city. Um, I went to a lot of the, uh, for lack of better terminology, touristy attractions, um, such as the, the War Museum, uh, the Church of, oh, I can't remember what it's called, one of the really fancy churches that you always see in the postcards. And a few of the other kind of notable monuments around St. Petersburg. And a cat cafe, because Russian cats, why not? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's very interesting. <laughs> he says confusedly. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever got over to St. Petersburg, there's the, the literally the main thing is sitting, sitting in the water right over there near, near the Lesta office. Aurora, that'd be what oh I yeah no I I definitely went and saw the Aurora too that's kind of a big awesome. one I forgot isn't it <laughs> <laughs> considering she was like the first considering she was like the first ship modeled in the game even yeah just because she sits out outside of their offices yeah so since you were over there and you're on the uh, well the main reason was of course wargaming what what wargaming peoples did you happen to meet over there that you may not have met before or whatever or um, Probably just people the, prior to going, the only wargaming Russian staff that I had met was Sub Octavian, who I met at Left Battle Tour. I met pretty much mm, okay. everyone, a lot of the uh, game dev designers, a lot of the content designers. Um, don't ask me their names because they were all in Russian. But <laughs> I met a lot of different people and I saw pretty much the entire wargaming operation from how ships are conceptualized to how they're balanced to how they're modeled and how they're eventually put in the game impressive mm -hmm. wow let me throw a couple of names at you and see if you recognize some okay uh philip yeah uh sanker i hope philip play russian ranked one day because he was struggling <laughs> yeah what he's one of uh Sanker. He goes by Sanker. But I don't know. I I think there's one of them whose name I the in-game name I don't know, but I got along with very well in person. Mm -hmm. But um unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't introduce themselves with a game yeah, attacks like I do. Right. That's true. Uh Dream Eater. I I'm not sure. He's like really said, good. <laughs> he's one of the best. I'll tell you this, he's one of the best. Are you CVs as a dev too? Really? Yeah, he's very, very good. Uh, his midway numbers, oh, so good. That mine are better. No, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it's the midway. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Haku's still number one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. So I, I mean, are you? Obviously, there's a reason you visited hq um are you going to be a little bit more involved now uh other than you know being a cc which is your current status um not at the moment i did go over there for a job interview which i did actually land the job however due to just life circumstances i'm not in a position that i was able to accept it um but who knows in the future it was definitely mm -hmm. a great opportunity and a really really fun one and there may be more mm -hmm. happening in the future at some point. Who knows? I don't. <laughs> That's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, you know, it's always always leave the doors open, you know, it's just 
you never know what happens. For sure. Yeah. Moving from that, and of course, the very obvious thing that lots and lots of people ask you about anyways, carriers. Hmm. <laughs> because that always comes up. Really? Uh, I get more questions about destroyers nowadays. Huh. That's interesting. Specifically, Kabarosks. Kabas. That, that, that'll be an inside joke for anyone who's watched the stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, alrighty then. So, I suppose piggybacking off of being in Wargaming HQ and everything, uh, I'm assuming you at least got to see, see or hear something about the upcoming CV rework, and if so, were you able to at least uh, add any of your commentary about it to their uh, discussions and whatnot? All I can really say on what I know is that Wargaming are trying several different methods to quote-unquote fix CVs. The one that I've heard most about, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily fix the problems. It just creates mm -hmm. a different set of them. But, I mean, mm. it'll be interesting to see what comes about it. Um, there's really not much I can say on the details, you know, NDA and all that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I understand. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... Fingers crossed that it will come this year. I mean, it's either going to make some people really, really happy and really annoy others... Or it's just going to be a complete disaster. My major concern is that I don't really feel like they're addressing on the proposal that I heard. I don't really feel like some of the issues are being addressed. They're just kind of being replaced with different issues. Hmm. Interesting. Code break that. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's it's always, you know, it's been a problem. Like, you can't, you can't fix everything and make everything, you know, work perfect without you know having any sort of consequences yeah i think no matter what happens wargaming's statement that they do intend to fix carriers even if they release something and they create more problems as long as they are committed to keep you know readjusting and rebalancing and refixing issues then i think you know we've just gotta we gotta give them a chance the 6.14 change of the uh of the American CVs, you know, that did a lot of good for the CV community. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, they did overbuff the midway a little bit, which is why in no way was I surprised when they, they changed it a little bit in 7.1, I want to yeah. say. Uh, yeah, I believe it's 7.1, 7.2, I think. No, I think it was 7.1. It was one of the points <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, even the US CV change even was also back and forth with was it with community saying it was good and bad you can never please everyone with trying that's to that's very fix true something. that's very true i mean there's always going to be someone who doesn't like something because they like the way things were but hey mm -hmm. they got rid of the strike lexington which is all that really matters at the end of the day <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> you know on that point talking of you know not being able to please everybody what do you think is more important? Um, having, you know, the gameplay or the interface friendly to newer players or the devs making sure they don't alienate old, old CV players? Honestly, I feel like the biggest issue with the CV interface is it's not intuitive. New players come in and there's a bunch of hidden CV controls that... No one knows about until they're told. That was very much the case when I first started. To give you an idea, I only learned there's a function that I never knew about yesterday. And I've been playing CVs for two years. They want to increase the skill of new players without reducing the skill of seasoned players. And I feel like that's going to be very hard. You don't want to essentially punish your good players for being good. You want to make it easier for people to be good. So how they're going to do that, all I can say is I'm glad it's not my job to work it out. I have my <laughs> ideas of, you know, what could make CVs better and, you know, kind of reshift their focus and their XP and, you know, make them the class they should have been from the start. But mm. it's not as easy as being like, okay, just implement ABC and everything will be fixed. It will be a process. Exactly. Yeah, and those are very valid points. That's, it's just so hard because... You don't, you know, you don't know exactly when when a change is presented. 
you don't know what the reaction will be. Of course, the devs try to try their best, you know, with the dev blog, the public test server, and everything. But it's like the case with the conquer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. The numbers were out there. The it was on the test server and everything. Uh, actually, the lion was on the test server, and I mean, still when it came out the the uproar was just so much bigger than what when the numbers were earlier released so it's if you look at if, if you kind of take that into perspective for the cv rework they'll tell us you know they'll give us as much information that they want to give us but it's so hard for the devs to know exactly when it comes to the live server how people react to it yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, the biggest issue with the Conqueror is statistically, it plays in line with the other tier 10s. However, it's not fun to play against. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to change. So what do you do in that instance? Do you change all the other ships to make, you know, mm -hmm. to make it funner to play against? Or do you change the main ship and then risk altering its numbers? It's like, which way do you go? But if they've got a ship that's statistically playing fine, then it's like, well, realistically, it doesn't need to be changed, but we appreciate playing against it is not fun at all. Yeah. So while I understand, but I, like, I can understand both sides of the community about that issue. Um, and, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? He's not a line that has HE on battleships, you know, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, uh, we'll fix yeah. that issue down the line, so we'll just release another line while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It comes with the problem of also having, you have to not only uh, fix, you know, problems, bugs, update old lines, but you're also, they still have to, you know, create the new content. For sure. So that it, it, it's a delicate balance of having to do both at the same time. and It's a multi-directional seesaw. That you're trying to yeah. balance with kids of different sizes. Yeah, it's not. not <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know if this this necessarily leak, considering I've heard this ages ago. But the so some of the proposed changes to the uh, game systems for this carrier rework, and I think this was mentioned in like a Gamescom interview or something. I forget. It was a while ago believe it was there's a russian site called ships not tanks mm, or it might have been a q a with octavian i don't know i can't remember exactly where it came from but the uh Some two place of the, main on the internet said <laughs> yes that the, the main two main mechanics that would would have to be overhauled for the cv rework at least the two ones that were mentioned were the spotting mechanics and the aa mechanics Yes. Considering those two specifically were mentioned in regards to carriers, that's why I've always remembered those as two. I don't obviously know how they would decide to change it, and if they if they are changing it, you might have heard something that obviously you can't say about or anything, but how would those be part of the main issues surrounding them? And like, if they were changed in, in some manner, would that uh, greatly affect gameplay and not only like randoms and co-op or co-op com competitive sorry yeah so i feel like it's it's kind of natural that if you're going to rework carriers you've got to rework their their kryptonite which is anti-air um one thing we're seeing increasingly and which is annoying a lot of cd captains is it seems like every premium that wargaming's released of late always seems to be aa driven they won't let particularly like seven, eight, nine premiums, they won't let them go out without either a high base AA or without defensive five, which is getting really annoying. Because what it is is, you know, carriers are a little bit too strong in the damage department, but at the moment as a CV, that's the only way we get XP. The other metrics that, you know, a carrier is good for, spotting, torpedo detection, scouting, that sort of thing, we don't get rewarded any XP for, so we have no motivation to do it. You know, we get XP for damage and killing stuff, so what are we going to do? We're going to go damage and kill stuff. So if they're going to rework the other areas to make carriers, carrier captains more inclined to, you know, play a little bit more of a supportive role, 
they need to ensure that um, you know they're getting rewarded for that. So if they can, so this this kind of goes in a really weird loop. If you're going to create more rewards for not doing damage, then of course the anti-air system needs to go down a little bit. Um, in my opinion, you can't keep releasing premium after premium with defensive fire consumable. Right now, for example, tier eight is hellish to play with the kid um, stupid boat. Um, <laughs> you know, they've got to scale the AA appropriately. And I really feel like they're probably going to end up scaling the planes. Um, the spotting, it has to be changed if they want to make you know, CVs go away from just being damage deliverers. Um, in terms of competitive, I know part of their reasoning for removing CVs from Clan Wars, which is a very sore topic with me, is they'd provide too much, uh, uh, too many eyes in the sky, if you will. Um, if they change to a, a proxy spotting location, such as what they have in tanks, where, you know, if you can see something and something can see you via the radio lines, they can see the other ship, or something a little bit more elaborate with the detection circles, then mm -hmm. that will, while a CV may be able to scout and locate a destroyer that's, you know, flanking or whatever, no one being able to shoot at it for the time being kind of nullifies the point of keeping it spot the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, there's multiple ways that they can go about it, but it's, it's going to be hard. A lot of people say it should be done how cyclones are. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think they really need to make use of the detection radiuses and how spotting is done through that to make it work effectively and make it be really engaging. Um, mm. But again, I'm glad it's not my job to work it out. And I can understand where the, that, the, the ideology of the CVs giving too much vision power because for clan battles, because clan battles especially is literally half the game is vision control and knowing where the enemy is and being able to see the enemy. But the converse is said is, you know, if mm -hmm. if you can see everyone and everyone's sitting behind rocks, you still can't shoot them. And I honestly feel like, you know, if you had the CV in there spotting, shaking things up, that you'd see more movement and you wouldn't end up with, you know, 15, 20-minute games. While I haven't played Clan Wars this season, I did play it last season. And mm -hmm. it got, it, I won't lie, it got boring because what did everyone do? They picked their areas of control with their radar, and they sat and they waited. Pop radar, okay, now we know where this is. Okay, pop radar again, and it, you know. To oh, me, yeah. I found it very, very boring. It's kind of interesting that radar was very huge in first season, but it seems like it's, it's scaled back surprisingly this season. It's kind of been very v varied in terms of ship comps this season, but that's, that's kind of getting off topic there. Mm. If ish topic, I, I suppose. Um, on the topic of like the spotting aspect of it, like you said, it, thank God it's not our jobs because <laughs> whatever you look at it, it, it just seems like there's an obstacle. For example, the cyclone in cyclones, CVs can long drop you. So all the CV has to do is, you know, take his or her bombers, know your exact position. Uh, for the the dive bombers, and then use the torpedo bombers to long drop your position. So, like you can't, you're they're out of your detection, so you can't click on it. <laughs> um, and you can, if they have their dive bombers on top of you, you can pretty much just click on, you know. And if you don't have defensive fire, you're hopeless. So, like that aspect, you know, when they say cyclone spotting cyclone spotting still pretty op you know the cv is the person who can correctly utilize it it's just it's like it just seems like you know there's things that are there but never said anything about like like you said earlier you know you just do you discover it while you're doing it or you discover it when somebody tells you it's not like there's an informational packet or anything like on it <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the issue. The, the seasoned players know all these tips and tricks because they've worked them out over time, whereas the new players who really need this so that they're not getting curb stomped by the seasoned players, you know, and there's no way for it to get, uh, sorry, for them to get it. And, you know, that's honestly where the issue lies. Yeah, very much so. Cyclones are mean when there's a carrier on the enemy team. Don't spot the planes lower right on top of you. <laughs> 
But in saying that, for example, the kid, you can take your planes within 2Ks of it, the kid suddenly appears, hits defensive fire, and you lose your entire squadron before you even see the ship. So it goes both ways. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. That is one of my biggest pet peeves with destroyers, and one thing I really wish Wargaming would address and change. Wargaming doesn't like the fact that destroyers can get one hit KO by the CV in the first three minutes of game, which I agree with them is a little bit OP. But the solution to that isn't giving them defensive fire that can rip a squadron out of the sky. I really feel like destroyers who are meant to be more AA-based should have a long-duration defensive fire that isn't particularly powerful. What that means is that the destroyer will be able to get into the cap and hold the cap. While the CV may attempt to drop through the defensive fire, it's not easy to do. Even I struggle with it. And that will, if say the defensive fire is twice as long, so a minute and 20 seconds, that will give the that will give the cruisers on its team or support ships to move up into a position where they can better stack AA bubbles to help defend the destroyer. Because at the moment, you know, if you're in a CV, you get that one pesky kid that decides to go off to the side and snipe you, you really can't do anything about it because the moment you detect it, it pops its defensive fire, it shoots you, it once your planes are down, it'll hit smoke, reset its defensive fire, and then attack you again. There's not much as a CV you can do to counter that. So that's my biggest pet peeve. And especially with the recent changes on the defensive fire multiplier. <laughs> yeah, because that was needed. Yeah, that was pretty... Instead of Basically, instead of a multiplier, or at least there could still be a multiplier, but instead of it being a huge multiplier, rather it be a smaller multiplier that's a longer duration. I would have mm. rather a longer duration rather than more power. I honestly feel like that's that's the better solution. And, I mean, I, I, I don't understand Wargaming's thought process and that, but okay. I, I know you kind of <laughs> slightly touched on it a little bit earlier. What do you think... You know, in a brief um, uh, say, what do you think is a fair CV rework? I think a fair CV rework would put more onuses on spotting and more onuses on plane destruction. That could either be done through increasing the XP numbers for spotting, for example, and uh, increasing or sorry, applying a damage output to fighters done. Uh, sorry, to planes no taken down. For example, say a tier 10 plane has 1,000 health. If you take out that tier 10 plane, that damage for that, oh, sorry, that health goes into your damage counter. What that means is that, you know, if you manage to take out 50 planes from a tier 10 carrier, that's 50k damage. Since CVs, you know, are essentially useless once they get down to no planes, um, that's essentially additional damage. I feel the fact that, you know, you don't get any damage tick if you will for taking down planes is a is a massive oversight considering that is the main attacking force of the ship just like normal health of a regular ship would be it's attacking power to a certain degree um i feel like that would encourage cv players to you know actually actively go after the other cv's planes a little bit more aggressively if they know that they are in fact getting rewarded for it um and that can go hmm. for all surface ships you know if a surface ship take down a plane they get the appropriate amount of health of that plane added to their damage counter. And then in spotting, because a lot of people complain, oh, CV, why didn't you spot the torpedoes or why didn't you spot that destroyer for me? If they have more emphasis and more motivation to do so, then I, th I, I feel like that's a, that's, a, that's a bonus. I also think there should be a penalty if you're going to sit on the 110J or A line, just throwing it out there. <laughs> Like if you're if you're on that line by the end of the game, minus minus twenty percent to your overall XP or something. <laughs> Personal opinion, little biased on that one. Yeah, I think there is areas that CVs can be fixed and that that won't necessarily take a whole lot of work, but really have some great impact on kind of redirecting CV focus and prioritization. I'm gonna reference something. I just need to find it real quick. I don't want to say something stupid. Don't worry, I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, had, I've had some interesting fun with some of the low tier carriers as I've slowly, very slowly worked my way up some of the carrier lines, or rather just the US one so far. 
because I've got Enterprise sitting in my port, and I want a player, but I also don't want to be a detriment on people, so I need to learn <laughs> them. Honestly, though, I think Enterprise is one of the... It, matchmaking might be really harsh on you, but it's for a newer player, I think it's a little bit better. It, it really doesn't matter too much because it's Enterprise. Enterprise Enterprise, it, it, Enterprise is my baby. <laughs> yeah. Not not so much That's as like... True. Well, I I love the history of it far more than like the digital boat, but th- th- having the digital boat is just part of the draw of World of Warships yeah. originally to me. So exactly same here. I gotta agree with you on that. Just one hundred percent. Um, I can't seem to find. That's it, still one of those. I'm not gonna. That's still one of those things I have to thank Pigeon for. Enterprise. <laughs> now, if only I could get a tier six premium CV out of him. <laughs> that, that is yeah I, i'm actually interested why i have never seen a lower tier premium carrier yeah that's well there have only been three so far so that's four true. four now four now because don't, they, don't because forget the, the, the estranged child of the gaff zeppelin graph zeppelin <laughs> everyone gets me <laughs> yeah, i i feel like wargaming's mentality for not releasing a premium uh, a lower tier premium CV is that pr- probably their CV numbers are one of the lowest in terms of purchase. So is it really worth the time mm-hmm. and effort to develop a tier six carrier um, when you know they could put throw out another tier six battleship and probably make more off it? I really feel like if they did release a tier six premium CV, a lot more people at a lower price point, a lot more people may be willing to try. You know, throwing out the what. Thirty-five to forty dollars for a tier six premium CV that they may not mm-hmm. be willing to spend to buy a tier. Like, if you've never played a CV, are you going to want to spend sixty bucks to get the Enterprise of the Gaff Zeppelin? Probably not. Would you probably be willing to spend the forty to get a tier six and you know lower tier matchmaking, a little less intense? Maybe. So yeah. I think it does have potential. I really wish they they'd give us a tier six. If I see another two 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 loadout at, at tier eight. <laughs> there are definitely a few options for that tier. A couple Japanese options, definitely some US options. Could probably put a British one there too with a I think, Arc Royal, Arc Royal. I think. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the one I that's where I've put in my hypothetical, that's where I've got Arc Royal as tier six. So you never know. A plus biz sink the Bismarck fame for Arc Royal. hmm But yeah, well I mean if that's where the Arc Royal might be a little bit harder because if it wants to see the Bismarck, it would probably actually need to be a Tier 7 CV. But, I mean, there are different options for Tier 6. I really wish they'd, they'd look into that avenue because I really feel like while it may not sell as much as a Tier tier 6 battleship, for example, the lower price point may be appealing for more people to at least give it a go. Because it's going to sink the Bismarck, the terror of the sea. Little <laughs> <laughs> song. I can't find what I was looking for, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll just ignore it. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I suppose. Suppose. Do we move to the? Uh... Yeah. No. Real quick. Um, Wargaming has been teasing all these like really cool, you know, uh, destroy the saucers, um, you know, UFOs. Or you know, there's gonna be an Archimedes ray, um, like oh, like oh, look at these. all the stuff last earlier this month. Yeah, it's like oh, look at these, you know, dolphin squadrons that you can control <laughs> now, and it's a new class of uh, CVs. And it's a lot of people are saying like this is you know it's not real. A lot of people, some people say you know they're gonna you know it's gonna be like an event kind of thing. Um, we, I mean, I can point out what what was said in the uh, recent space battles video from Wargaming. Yeah, I saw that, and I noticed that they said <laughs> that we didn't fall for the tricks, but they didn't go on about it. You see what I mean? Like, it was weird. But a lot of people are speculating that with these new like um, things that they want to do for the event that they're trying to test some cv the future cv mechanics um i don't know have you how how much have you been keeping up with that uh, fm 
I haven't kept up with it that much. Um, namely, I'm not the sort of, I don't even particularly like playing the public test server. I like to wait till stuff comes out as it's going to be in the live server before I bother, you know, speculating too much over it. Based on what I know about the, um, about the CV rework or uh, about what I was told about one of the potential CV reworks, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see any of these things relating to that necessarily. Um, I feel like some of the things they're announcing, you know, obviously April Fools or therefore events, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's cool. But at the same time, the weather has recently changed in Russia. Maybe some of the devs are just getting a little confused. <laughs> what about, uh, it's got me thinking, um, especially with um, King of the Seas coming at the end of the season. Uh, as you guys know, King of the Seas is a 9v9 format with a CV. Um, CV represent. <laughs> I'll, I, it got me thinking with this recent space battle. Um, it is. Mm, wait, is it 9v9? I forgot. I think it was 9v9. Yeah, okay. 9v9, yeah. It is 9v9 with the ability, if matchmaking allows, to have a CV. I. I mean, you know, it's just this is my own speculation, but I think um, the data they could potentially collect from this would be very good for future, you know, clan clan battles with a CV. Um, do you think that wargaming could possibly be intentionally doing this, Fem? Um, yes and no. I I mean, I always think that wargaming has hidden motive behind anything they do. Um, however, I feel like, you know, Wargaming made a decision about clan battles to make it 7v7 run. Realistically, you know, all of the external com uh, competitive contests, you know, have been 9v9. Uh, King of the Sea, Supremacy, uh, the other one on the sea server that I can't recall the name of. <laughs> so I really, I mean, I feel like Wargaming was like, we want it to be 7v7. We're not moving off this point. And we're going to make, we're going we're gonna to set it up so that it works for 7v7. And, you know, consequence of that is they essentially alienated half of the ships in that you can't take CVs and only one person from the six, uh, one person from the seven can take a battleship. That's, you know, half the classes they've essentially restricted quite severely. Um, with saying that, are they going to move clan battles to 9v9 in the future based off the results from uh, the space mode? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Wargaming is going to be willing to admit they made a mistake by making clan battles 7v7. It's what we'll have to see in the future. Yeah. The fact that they didn't change Season 2, despite the amount of uproar from people saying that mm -hmm. it should have been 9v9, you know, most clans can pull together nine people mm -hmm. instead of running two teams of 14 because they made the team so small. Sorry, two teams of seven being 14. I see. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious to understand that, you know, they'll be able to take data from pretty much anything. So mm -hmm. if th this 9v9 event, while it is, while it is just an April Fool's event, if... If the data suggests something interesting about it, they'll they'll have it and they'll know what to they'll figure out what to do with it. And honestly, for most of the other like little teases and stuff, I'm pretty sure it was a huge misdirection campaign. Definitely considering in every single video they had the space the spaceship wallpaper in the background for every video. Yeah, that was the one constant thing throughout the whole thing. So that's what was really telling me that you know the space thing was the real was the real thing is the real the deal yeah although I, I can't lie that i like did kind of find the dolphin stuff cool <laughs> yeah no i definitely did that would have been interesting to see cool. for sure. maybe it was wargaming's <laughs> way of working out what content they should develop based on oh no it's just april fools guys if you don't like that idea don't worry about it april fools <laughs> oh, okay go scrap that scrap that <laughs> that's pretty hey good. they put the dolphin as a captain on something so i'm also happy <laughs> i forget which one though Personally, I'd like a, a 12 free-for-all game. Put us on the biggest map, 12 ships, free-for-all, last man standing, you know, Battle Royale style. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be interesting for sure. <laughs> the matchmaker just takes six, 12 people at random. All right, here you go. Fight it out. 
Yeah, oh, honestly, damn. I think that would be a really fun mode. <laughs> it would be uh, pretty interesting. I, and I know people have asked for like a battle royale type of mode. It could mm-hmm. be very interesting with how with in it, it definitely in difference to how a battle royale could work in tanks. Ships would be very interesting just considering their very nature and the secondary battery slash how many main battery uh yeah. turns they have. It's a very interesting dynamic to it. Although that being said, it would be in it, the balancing between classes would be very interesting. Carriers would be a no go. <laughs> well, I mean, you could throw in a carrier, but the thing is, if for example, if you put it on ocean and everyone was evenly spaced around the edge of ocean, you know, you have a destroyer who feels frisky, wants to go hunt down the CV, gets rid of him before anyone else does. There's just so many ways, and considering you know the spacing of the ships, someone would eventually find the carrier first. And, you know, once a carrier is spotted, if it's not in cover, it's dead, pretty much. As we have seen from Femstream. Yeah, whoops <laughs> about that. Don't go, don't go into the on Shatter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well-known oh, trick of mine. It works sometimes. Not all the time. One of my clanmates will do that a lot. He'll get close with this carrier sometimes. And, will, and has actually rammed the enemy carrier before. I've done that. I've rammed a destroyer. <laughs> My biggest thing is, while not all the time is it the smartest thing to do, it throws people for a loop. And if I'm having fun and, you know, I'm showing that carriers can be fun and can do funny things, people are going to be more inclined to play them. While the odd occasion it doesn't work, a lot of the time, just through experience, I can make it work. I can't tell you how many times I've driven down the middle of two brothers in a CV and capped the enemy base. <laughs> And I have seen it. Count That's the funny time. thing. I'm not just yeah. talking about it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Everyone, every, everyone expects maybe a destroyer or a cruiser maybe to go down the middle at some you point. See a, you see a bloody big CV go down. Yeah, especially if you're on the enemy team and you don't know who Fem is on what she does in, on uh, Big Brother. Two or, brothers. On, <laughs> <laughs> and what she does on two brothers it's like you just see somebody capping yours and they're like what the f- who, who, who's capping you know what i mean and then all the duties somebody... are counted for <laughs> <laughs> all duties are dead uh, it's like wow so that's how this works eh it doesn't always work uh just as with anything you know we always try until we Try, we get better at it, or we do it perfectly enough, but it won't always work. It's a random match. It's, you know, it's, things are random about it, so it's not... Funny how that works. <laughs> Anyways, with that, I would like to move on to our segment. Tell me something I don't know. So, Femme, since she's the only guest on this episode... She has to find two interesting things on the wiki, and Doom and I will decide which one we, you know, which one we find more, you know, interesting. Um, she has about a minute. Okay. So two interesting things that are on the wiki that you guys don't know. We might not know. I was about to say I can tell you a load of stuff that isn't on the wiki that you might not know. <laughs> I got a lot of those covered. Which, uh, which we're trying to cover. <laughs> just trying to get to as fast as we can. Okay. Yeah, oh, so I just, one. There are a lot of, of interesting... There are a lot of things, interesting things on there even I haven't found yet. And I'm an official yeah. writer. <laughs> I mean, I find stuff all the time. It's like, I'm looking for something, and then I keep reading, and I find <laughs> part of my fetch, and I stumble on something. Oh, man. Pressure. I don't know where to look! <laughs> things I know very well. Uh, Man, I'm not good at I'm not good at like quick data intake, if you will. That's that's the spirit of it though. Hey you found one. All you need to find is one more. Well the first one 50. I found was something that's not included, so I don't know what that is. 50%. <laughs> I mean we're not strict about it, we're a little bit lenient, so. It's not like we're. It's not not like we're. Uh, 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 I, I was looking for something to compare us to, but I couldn't find something, so never yeah. mind that one. 
Okay, I got one. Ooh. Okay, I got, I got two. Yeah. All right. Five minutes. You're, you guys are probably gonna shake your heads about them, and not everyone will agree with me with them, but we're gonna go for All this. Right. All right. Okay. Then let's go ahead. Any guesses what it's on? Um, I'm just gonna take a possible wild guess that it's carriers. Wonderful. You're completely correct, and. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not your community contributor entry, so probably not that. Hold on. I, maybe let me guess. Since Femme has been enjoying her French battleships recently, is it have any, does it have anything to do with French BBs? No. It's got something to do... Well, both of them are from my favorite ship in the game. You both know what that is now. Uh, Perth and Hakuru? Hakuru, correct. All right. Okay, on the commander skills, it says evasive maneuvers is recommended. No, it's not. Don't take evasive maneuvers on your CV. It is the worst skill no matter what CV you're in. Evasive maneuvering, while it does beef up your planes when they're getting strafed, it's a lot easier to simply click away and move kind of unpredictably in returning your planes back to the carrier. It's really just not worth taking, and it's more hindrance than good, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Second thing. Okay. Concealment expert is not necessarily needed on high-tier Japanese. Reason being, you do need it on Americans. Americans without concealment expert have a 15-ish. I think the Midway's got a 15-ish detection range um, without it. Concealment expert on the Hakaru, without it, you're down to a... uh, It's 14-2 or 13-8, I don't quite recall which is only 0.2 kilometers over what the midway is with Concealment Expert. It's kind of a little redundant. Um, You don't need the additional Concealment if you're smart with your positioning. Um, It's honestly, if you can play without Concealment Expert, it is better because what it allows you to do is it allows you to detect destroyers that may be coming to snipe you earlier. If you see that that, uh, detected symbol come out, you know that there's a destroyer and you find that out, you know, half a kilometer to a kilometer in front of when you would normally do it with concealment. And sometimes that extra kilometer can make the difference. I see. That is true. I mean, I've had games where our CV was able to get away just just at the nick of time. Because it's able to able to detect that it's being and the sooner you can detect that you're detected is the sooner you know to start wiggling, start moving as much as possible. Listen <laughs> that you detect with that that you're detected. <laughs> yeah. Look, I didn't say I was smart. <laughs> I just I just like that it, that that's completely correct, and I just like the alliteration of it. <laughs> uh, okay, Doom, go ahead. You're you're first. Which one do you? Well, and I've I've heard, and I know what you mean with that, fam. But when when we're assigning it to it. Generally, we're just going for like basic all-around usefulness for it, and while most and I, actually Hakuryu, I don't know when the last time this was touched. It might have been touched actually more recently, just because the upgrade changes and everything. But um, that's obviously one of those things where we're just doing the best that we can think of for the the best that we recommend for the commander skills. Obviously, you know, someone has a better better opinion on it. They're fr- they're certainly free to jump in and make their own make their own opinions of it. So if you ever want to, you can totally go in there and update yeah. the commander skills with different star ratings for it and everything, or the the whole uh, little uh, word blurb there. But when but when it comes to what you're saying there, your two things there definitely are do- both like useful types of things. So I would say then because it's both for usefulness. Probably then I would say that the consumer expert one is probably the most useful to note because of the amount of points that would be invested in consumer expert is way more than evasive maneuvers. Mm-hmm. One point versus four points. So I would say the consumer expert one. Uh, Femme, I really like what you said about um, evasive maneuvers. And just like you said earlier, you know, some people might not agree with you. 
I mean, that's why I didn't say anything about torpedo acceleration. <laughs> the amount of hate I'd get about that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do know CV players who utilize it, um, and their utilization of it is in the case of defensive fire baiting. So when they go, when they know a cruiser has defensive fire. Um, maybe, I don't know, they're trying to get the destroyers right there or even the destroyer that has defensive fire. Um, the ability to have the torpedo bombers or the dive bombers go in there, the cruiser panics, the destroyer panics, pops defensive fire, and they immediately press F for return to carrier. That gives them the ability for the planes to preserve 75% HP and faster out of detection of, you know, whatever that, uh, that is, uh, and it's the, the planes do get a little bit slower, but their utilization for that specific from a couple of carrier friends that I have that is because of that, they use it to bait defensive fire and they use F key to pull the planes back to take to utilize the skill the most. Not you know, not everybody you know, everybody has different carrier builds, and I would say carriers are one of the most they're one of those classes that you know have a couple of points left over for care, uh, you know, for points. So you have a choice of different things that you can choose, and like you said. It's not like there's a guide out there or anything like that, and everybody's it's on everybody's experience and you know what they find comfortable doing, what they, um, you know what what their picks are on how they play their carriers. Mm-hmm. So I I really like what you said about that, and it's it's interesting to see the contrasts in opinions. That's what, you know, everybody plays the game a certain way. And if they enjoy and have fun playing it that way, that's what matters to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as you guys know, that usually wraps up our episode. Um, I'll mm-hmm. definitely include Fem's information, her Twitch, her Twitter, um, if you have questions for her or anything, you can reach out to her. Um, we're glad to be back for season two and expect some more awesome episodes upcoming. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Fem, for being on the episode and um, for sharing you know, your experience in Wargaming HQ and everything. For and sure. We'd love to have you back um, in the future. Uh, Thanks, everybody, and um, we'll catch you all later. See you later.